Welcome back to Bitter Rivals, everybody. This is episode 17. It is May the 2nd of the great year, 2021. And uh, guess what? Both the Leafs and Habs won last night. Uh, I think we know where this is going to start. So, Gatano, why don't you take it away? Kulakov Field Overtime winner! It's the best. It's the best, Avery. I'm so happy about that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I... I, I can't even take anything away from you. I, I know I hate the Habs, and I think he's too small to play in the league, but that was an absolute beauty. Yeah, so it's funny. We basically missed the whole thing this week because he made his NHL debut Monday night. wasn't announced until Monday afternoon. So we got no hype for it last week. Um, but yeah, and so he's played four games now. Played Monday night, uh, Wednesday night, Friday night, Saturday night. Every game, he's just gotten better and better and better. And it was only a matter of time until he got that first goal. And uh, in overtime against the Senators, what a way to get it. Wow. Yeah, no, it was a beauty. What a dash by Petrie, too, by oh. Officer uh, State Trooper Petrie. Um, yeah, no, that was an absolute beauty overtime winner. And they played the overtime perfectly. They Because I'm pretty sure that those three for Ottawa had been on the ice the entire time, right up to that point. I think they one or two of them got off for a change. I know Kachuk was on the Kachuk ice. Kachuk was on the whole time for sure. Yeah, and I think maybe one or two of them had gotten off. Okay, but, but uh, anyway, it was a beauty the way he snuck in behind the D and the way Petrie was high IQ play to well, find the angle to make the dish. If, if you watch that whole sequence, he actually, Petrie tries to find him a little earlier, doesn't like it, leaves his own, they all regroup. And I was watching the game with my dad and I'm walking Caulfield because he's on the ice. I'm like, hey, Watch him here. He's 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 doing the thing. He loops all the way out past the center ice, past the circle, the wide loop. All the senators turn to watch Petrie, and he fucking flies down right by right behind them all. Right down Main Street, man. Oh, right yeah. down Main Street. And I don't know which senator it is. I don't know their numbers off uh, off Webber. It's number 19. Just he realizes it way too late that Kaka's behind him, swings a stick out, can't get there. OT winner, first NHL goal. Uh, uh, ah, yeah. Speaking of centers. By the way, pardon? Mathematically eliminated the Senators from the playoffs. By the way, oh, you know what? They've put up a big fight, man, and I think they've. I think now they've won five of their last seven after they lose to, after their loss to you guys last night. They've won five of seven, so good for them, man. I, and I honestly think they're going to be a problem moving forward, like especially because we still have to deal with them after this North Division is gone. Yeah, and I think they're a problem. I really do. I think that division is absolutely terrifying when it comes down to next year. Boston, Tampa, Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, Buffalo is going to get the floor wiped with them. But Matt, if I never saw the Ottawa Senators again, it would still be too soon. I'm fucking done with them this year. They're pesky. I say it all the time, those pesky cents, but it's not a joke. They are pesky. Literally, if they could get their goaltending situation figured out, they might be... That That's their only thing right now, is they need to get that long-term sorted out. Well, and they were saying this a little bit on the broadcast last night, and it really opened my eyes to it, is they really need some support for Shabbat so he doesn't have to play as much, and he can, in turn, play better. Yeah. Oh, because that, he's being asked... Like, to, I think he's playing, like, 30 minutes a night, like, every night. I was just about I, to say, I'm pretty sure he's at least 28 minutes a night. And like, that's, that's unsustainable. That's no bueno. <laughs> yeah yeah no because no, no. I, so here's here's the problem is i couldn't name you another ottawa senators defenseman that's the problem is it's shabbat playing 30 minutes a night and five absolute randoms 
like, you know, if if a guy like, I'm going to go with the Habs here, like if Shea Weber, actually that's a terrible example, if fucking Alex Romanov was playing like 30 minutes a night, I'd be like, oh, okay, that's fine because he's, you know, he's got that support around him that it's not that he's playing 30 minutes out of necessity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. And I think that's that's why he hasn't been as stellar as he can be. Yeah. Like, because we know he's he, like, he's a franchise cornerstone defenseman, right? Like yeah. Thomas no, Shabbat. They've run him into the ground this season. Yeah. So, and it's been a hard season on everybody. Like just yeah. overall, it's been a hard season. And then you start playing guys 30 minutes a night. It's probably not going to end well. No, definitely not. Well, there, I let you have your fun. We absolutely... I just want you one little thing. So, Eric Stahl, when he scored his first goal for the Habs, that OT winner, he was the first Hab to do that in 112 years, and now, like, a month and a bit later, Cole Caulfield has also done it. Weird how that works. <laughs> yeah, some those old weird records, eh? They yeah. just... Yeah. It's like, we, we don't do it for 112 years, and then we do it twice in, like, six weeks. Love it. Anyways, I'll let you talk about your leads now. Yeah, uh, we absolutely, if you want the honest truth, we put pretty much everybody we played into the ground all week. Like, it wasn't even close in any of the games. No. No. The Leafs look like an absolute juggernaut right now. Like, I... <laughs> I got nothing else to say. Like the, uh, literally, like I know this is the most cliche thing to say, but there are four lines banging all night long, like all game. Joe Thornton <laughs> is still unbelievably like he just uh, some switch flipped in that guy, man. And, uh, and Brooksy, Adam Brooks, like that's what I, I guess that's what I'm saying, Brooksy. Like did, did he? He was only ate that puck. No, that was Justin Hole. He took one right in the right in the jibs, man. Oh, I literally. I, at first, I saw him go down, and I was like, "What happened?" Like, I thought he pulled something, and then like I saw all the blood, and I was like, "Oh yeah, oh he was no, Holsey." But it's one of those injuries where it's like, man, I was surprised he didn't come back in that game. I mean, you were winning, were you not? Yeah, we were up five. Probably by the time he would have been coming back, either four or five one. Yeah, so it's probably one of those ones where it's just like, fuck it, just... Yeah, but just like, because he's a hockey player, you know what I mean? And that's how hockey players are. Yeah, but I'm sure the doctors are like, it's 4-5-1, whatever, let's get you to the dentist. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. If, it, if, it, if that's a, like a 2-1 game, yeah, he's probably heading back out on the ice. But at that point, it's one of those ones where it's, just, it's more beneficial, you just go get your work well, done. And I'm going to be totally honest with you, it's it, not that like any of these guys are expendable but when those minutes are getting filled by guys like Rasmus Sandin then oh yeah that's okay yeah absolutely Rasmus Sandin plays like he's six foot five 250 he's 5'11 182 he was super good Wednesday night I was fucking fuming (laughs) man it's I was what like there were so many little things that like honestly the average hockey player or, or hockey fan sorry wouldn't even notice like that he does that I that, like I found myself multiple times watching that game pausing and rewinding and like just like just I, I need to see that again you know what I mean like just and just like little little passes up the middle that no, like he's made more positive offensive plays and like dangerous offensive plays 
in, since he's been up than any of our defense have made all year long put together. Yeah. Like, actually. It's incredible. Yeah, he is fucking, he's stupid good. Well, it seems like he can just, like, really take the game. And, like, it seems, even, and by the way, he hasn't been playing that much. He was hurt. So yeah. the fact that he's just, he's got so much poise right now is actually kind of, like, like that's very commendable. Come on. Like, you barely play, then you come into the National Hockey League as almost, like, not quite a rookie, but almost a rookie here. And you look like you've played a thousand games. Like, and he's just slowing the game down in front of him, making the right play every time, making a safe play every time, settling things down. Like, you know, like you were talking Petrie did in the overtime with Caulfield there, where yeah. he saw the first pass, didn't didn't like it, settled it down, found the right play to make. Yeah, exactly. It like, seems that, like that, Sandin that, 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 does that every time. Yeah, and I was like, that's Petrie being a veteran, like, is knowing, hey, like, I'm not going to force this. So Sandin's doing that right now, like that's what I mean. It's those little things where I'm just like, oh my God, there was a play last night where he was in the offensive zone and where most of the time you're like, probably you should probably get back. Like he he was chilling at about the hash marks, almost playing as a forward. And at most times you're probably like, maybe you should go back to your point. But the play that he made on Horvat to regain control of the puck was absolutely, it was just the slot like the slightest little stick lift mixed with a little bit of a shoulder check that just threw Horvat face first into the fucking boards and Sandine turns around and passes it to Austin Matthews for a wonderful scoring opportunity yeah like that is just beautiful like and that's one of the plays that I, I was saying earlier I, I literally paused rewound and I was like I gotta see that again like oh yeah. beautiful just art art I know, man. There's there's a fucking art in being a good defenseman. Like it, it's a fucking when you can do it well, it is an art. Well, and I was saying this to my dad last night. Go ahead. I was saying that, no. This this kid's on his way to being one of the better like defensemen in the league, hundred percent. Oh, I would I would totally agree. And he Romanov strikes me as that kind of guy too. Yeah, and they're they're very of, very similar. Both of those guys, and yeah, I didn't think they were as similar as they are until Sandine started throwing the body around. Man, oh my god, but. Yeah. Romanov has been become one of my favorite players just because that kid will fucking hit anything that moves, and I love it. Yeah, just no fear, eh? Like, these young <laughs> guys have no fear. And like, I think it was Nick Ehlers or Kyle Connor from the Jets they were talking about him after one of the first games, and they were like, oh, like, he was asked, like, oh, were you surprised by him? And they were like, yeah, like, the kid's fucking solid. Like, he hits you, and you fucking feel it. And yeah. it's like, that's... <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'll ask Blake Wheeler about how solid Sandine is, man. Exactly. Yeah. But anyway, as I was saying earlier, and I think that Romanov possesses this same level of confidence. And I I think that being in a, like a like a forward and a, de- and a defenseman, two yeah. different, like you see those confidence, th- those levels of confidence in two different ways. When it's a forward, you see guys making plays like Austin Matthews made the other day where he just fucking batted the puck out of midair and scored on Allen there. Yeah. Like, that was beautiful. That And that was just a le- his confidence coming out, right? Yeah. The, that confidence comes out in a D-man in a totally different way. And it's the ability to slow the game down and look like you've been doing it forever when yeah. you're 21, 22 years old. So I remember opening night against the Leafs, uh, Romano made like a three-line stretch pass from his own circle to Tatar for the, I think, first or second goal. And it's just one of those things, like, okay, like, he he gets it. Yeah, it's like, first it's, game, but he, he gets it. 
And you really, like, I'm, I hope that I'm not hyping this kid up too much and then he just tails right off because that would suck. But I just don't see it. He seems to have all the intangibles. He oh, seems to be able to just play his game. Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome to see out of a young guy like that. Absolutely. And like, yeah. and like just, I'm looking at, like, the Habs, like, and what we've got coming up with the Leafs have, like, we're going to be fucking good for a long time, Abe. Like, this is the beginning of some good shit for us. Yeah, you're a little, we got, you're, we you're got a, little, a lot of content for this podcast, my friend. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you're you're a couple years into it, but like, yeah. Where you get, Dave? Oh my God, and man, so like a Austin Matthews. Oh, uh, like Brian Hayes, TSN tweeted last night. Ovechkin can hand over the crown at the NHL awards. Best goal scorer in the world, hands down, no questions asked. Ah. Uh. Until no, over, it's not even debatable, man. It's not even tires, debatable. He's still got it in my eyes. But yeah, when, when over your tires, it's going to be Austin Matthews, 100%. 82-game season, he's got 60. If like He's on a 67-goal pace in 82 games. I love it. That's a lot of goals, man. Toffoli, oh, I forgot what Toffoli's on pace for, as of because uh, last night it would have changed. But I think Toffoli's on pace for like 50 and 82. Because he's Nutty. got 27. Tyler Toffoli. What do you guys got him on? Like, well, how do the Canucks feel watching that? Like, seriously. Uh, I I want to say it's uh he's on four something, but let me just. I thought it was oh. five maybe. Four point two five until twenty three twenty four, and he's on pace to be a fifty goal scorer. Want to know what's funny? Who did they Tanner Pearson? They just signed for like three mil. I think it was three and a half. Yeah. Three and a half. So for an extra seven hundred and fifty thousand against your salary cap, you could have had a fifty and eighty-two goal yeah. guy. Yeah. Jim Benning. Just a round of applause for Jim Benning. But like, also, it took four days for Toffoli to get a free agency offer. The Habs were the first offer he got, and it was four days in. Like that's nuts. That's nutty when you really want to think about it. Yeah. But yeah, no, he's just. He, I don't know what it is with him. He just, he knows where to be and he just puts the puck in the net. I love it. Yeah, no, it's, and those are the, man, you guys need all the scoring help you can get because to me, you're, that's what your team lacks the most. You guys are structurally sound. You obviously have goaltending, you have gritty forwards, but you don't have just that high end offensive, like juggernaut guy. You know what I mean? We do now. Like Tyler DeFoley is like the best you're going to get, man. Oh, I was talking Cole Caulfield, Dave. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> let him get there first, I Oh, guess. 100%. But like, but, like, don't say we don't have one. He's just not there yet. He's only four games into his career, like... Yeah, well, like, when I look at the Toronto Maple Leafs, like, I and I said this to you all week, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner are clearly, to me, like, it's not even close, the best duo in hockey. Like, it's yeah. not even close. And, man, that was on display last night. Like, my God, Austin Matthews' second goal, again, art. Like, Mitch Marner's forecheck was pure art. In on the forecheck, the strip, then the poise to take the puck out of there and not make a stupid play and just bank it back to the defenseman or something. Take a look in front of the net, the vision to see Austin Matthews coming, second man in, and then the ability to make that pass through that seam. Like, just... Shit that you can only dream of being able to do. Like, as a guy who played house league hockey, like, man. <laughs> like, oh, 
it just gets me so fired up. I'm so happy to be a Leafs fan right now. I just, I can't even contain my enthusiasm. Like, and we're bad for that. When we're high, we're real high. And we're on those high, that high, one of those highs right now. Like, it's oh, just... I, I know you're real high right now, Liv. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I know. Um, yeah. Well, you guys got the dub last night. Cole Caulfield, overtime winner. Hey, hey we won We won three or four this week, bud. Yeah, you guys aren't squandering that playoff spot like I really thought you were going to. And then uh, the Flames lost last night as well, so that's huge. Yeah, no, uh, it's looking actually more like you guys could pass the Jets. Yeah, can we talk about that McDavid goal quickly? Oh, I was actually, I was going to segue uh, when I was talking about Cole Caulfield streaking down the lane. I was like, you want to talk about right down the lane? <laughs> Fuck me, What the... I literally like, talked with my dad about that for about 20 minutes this morning. Like, how... How? How does he do that? He's fucking skating 100 miles an hour. Fucking walks through the defenseman and fucking puts it top cheddar. Like, he, like he literally goes inside... Remember, this is Chris Tanev, who's a really, really good defenseman, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. really good. Usually, like... Anyway, he goes in. He he's going 100 miles an hour. Then he goes inside out on the guy and clap bombs it from in between his skates. Yeah. Like top chatter. <laughs> like you can put six goalies in that. They're not saving that. I just it's, it's ridiculous. Well, the the thing for me is like how like I know when he's obviously like he's obviously the most talented hockey player that's ever existed. Like I don't even think that's up for debate. No. Yeah, I that's fine now. Talented. Like, he may not be the greatest, whatever your definition of great is, but, like, when it comes to talent, you can define talent. There is nobody that's ever been better than Connor McDavid. And what what does it for me, I don't get how he, like, I think what we, like, the two, like, the two next tier you would have to say is Austin Matthews and then probably Nathan McKinnon. If you want to go 2-3, 3-2, whatever you want to go there. Yeah. Those are yeah. the two, those are number two and three, Austin and, and Nathan. Connor McDavid is so much better than both of those guys. I know, and that's the scary thing, man. Like, and it's not even close. That's that's like it, the worst part. Like, how is he that much better than everybody else? Yeah, like the gap between one and two and three is bigger than it's way bigger than the gap between two and three and everyone else. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's like. Like he's our like just he's the most skilled player we've ever seen definitely, but the speed at which he is so skilled he's the fastest player we've ever seen too. Like he's oh, that yeah. much faster he's that much more skilled like it's just. Yeah, it it's amazing to watch because we get to see one of those goals like. Once or twice a week, man. So, uh, earlier this week we were uh, talking with our buddy Dan about. He was watching uh, Kevin De Bruyne highlights, Manchester City player. And he's like, oh, like, I don't get what's so special. Like, I don't, I don't see it. And I'm like, yeah, it's because you're only watching the fucking, like, the best little bits. Like, as hockey fans, like, we're, when we're watching McDavid do that twice, three times a week, like, like it, it's, it's almost losing its specialness, right? Cause, like, but it's not, not it, to me, it doesn't. You know, but you know what I mean? Like, if you could show someone the highlights and it's just him doing that fucking... 20 times a year, they'd be like, oh, like, what's so special? But when you see him compared to everyone else, then you go, 
oh shit. Yeah, like, like what? What is that? Yeah, like th- that's not normal. Yeah, one of one of the things that my dad loves to bring up is because Bobby Orr is uh, Connor McDavid's agent. Yes. And when he saw him back in the day, like when he was like. 13 or 14 years old, when he first saw Connor McDavid skate, he did not say, who is that? He said, what is that? Like, because he has been dominant, like, at every level he's ever played at since the beginning of his hockey career. Like, he's just incredible. So I, when he played for the Erie Otters, I watched a bunch of fucking Hounds games. Uh, They had us in the playoffs one year, and it went, it was, actually, that was probably one of the best Hounds teams I've ever seen. Uh, like Darnell Nurse was on that team, like we were so good, and the, they swept us. And the two home games, it literally looked like. Imagine if me and you went out on the ice against a bunch of toddlers. That's how good he looked in the O. Like Darnell Nurse, Darnell Nurse, the best, the best defenseman in that league, fucking could not touch him. Like it was ridiculous. I remember, man. It was. It was something, <laughs> like, like just so, so, so good. Well, I, I don't remember him in the O. I remember, for, like, from that age in the World Juniors. Yeah. Oh, and, no, and I, I remember going to those fucking Hounds games, Abe, and, like, he, he would just do things to you and score fucking ridiculous goals. And you, you'd look, and you'd look next, like, I'd go to the end of the Joe, and I'd look, at like, there's nothing those players can fucking do. They, the whole bench could be out on the ice, and he's going to walk through every single one of them and still score. He, he was that good, and he's that good now. Oh, my God. It, like, and the thing is, like, how did... He's going to get 100 points. Oh, oh, yeah. I'd he's going to get 100 points, man. Like... <laughs> I just... I don't know. I Yeah, you're right. I was talking about Mitch Marner, like, wishing you... Like, can you imagine just being that much better at anything than everybody else in the world? Well, I mean, like, yeah, I like he's just <laughs> like we said, the difference, like the distance between one and two is way greater than the diff- distance between like or one and two and three is way yeah. greater than the distance between two and three and everybody else. Like, like it's it's not fair. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I, it, no. <laughs> yeah. And then when you consider, you know, four or five also plays on his team with him, like, that's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously referring to Leon Dreisaitl there. Yes, of course. Yeah. King, King Leon. Yeah. All right. Well, enough about McFreak, because, like, he can't be human. Like, he's not human. I, uh, he can't, he's not. He's just not human. No, I think... Like, he was created in a lab somewhere by, like, some massive Bob, fan. Bobby Orr fucking created him in his lab. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. There's no other explanation. Yeah. Okay, well, um, moving on to more uh, Leafs-related stuff, I want to talk about our captain, because he has been playing absolutely spectacular. And I feel like he hasn't getting enough respect, because he did... He, he, he had a slow start to the season, and I think that's that happens, right? But he has really turned it on as of late. He's gotten Willie going. Galchenyuk scored last night. 
Oh, yeah. So that oh, second line's Trevor going... Let me know. Pardon? Trevor, let me know God Kenya scored last night. Don't worry. Oh, of course <laughs> he did. He loves... Oh, man. <laughs> and when it comes down to it, Chucky might be coming out of the lineup. When it comes down to... Because, like, I'm going to be honest with you. I would prefer Brooksy in that lineup over Chucky. And I Hyman's playing. Oh, so, yeah, well, yeah, Hyman's, Hyman's a fucking guaranteed. Like, Hyman's playing, so... I think Chuck uh, Galchenyuk comes out, because you're not taking out anybody on the third line. Kerfoot, uh, Simmons, and uh, McKay ever staying together. And that fourth line is spectacular. Spezza's, like, a point-per-game guy over the past, like, month. Like, he's just unbelievable. Joe Thornton. Just Joe Thornton. And Brooksy, man. Guy's got, like, four goals. He's got a couple in the past week. I think he's got five overall, and he's got two in the past week. So, wait, with that, is who's who out of Simmons is Felino? Simmons and Felino, which uh, lines are they on? Is it Simmons with Matthews or Simmons with Tavares? Nope, Simmons is on the third line. Oh. Then, oh, Hyman, Hyman and uh, Felino. Sorry, Hyman and Felino. So, Hyman. Felino's been playing with Matthews Marner. Yeah. And Chucky's been playing with uh, Tavares Nylander. So what I'm going to imagine... Hyman takes his spot. Hyman takes his spot, but I'm not sure... Because, like, to be honest with you, I like those top two lines. Like, we have an embarrassment of riches right now. And I really think it would be great if uh, Hyman could drive his own line. I think that would be great for the team i think be, i think that third line's the only line that isn't really going right now so if you stick hyman in that one of those winger spots but then that what, what do you do then who do, who do you play with because if you're taking galchenyuk out who do you play with Tavares and and uh, nylander so it, it really becomes a conundrum it's a good problem to have like oh, yeah, don't yeah. get me wrong it's a good problem to have but it is a problem nonetheless yeah so I don't know. I'm hoping that uh, I, I have full faith in Keith, though. Like, he's done a fantastic job with this team. He knows what buttons to push, it seems. And they really, really, really seem to love his coaching. Uh, speaking of coaching, man, I, I just I was thinking about it this morning. I wonder if Mike Babcock ever looks back and has absolute nightmares about not playing Matthews and Marner together. Because, yeah. the, like I told you, they're the best duo in hockey. Clearly. I, I, I think I think Babcock, his ego, uh, wouldn't let him do that. You know what I mean? Because, like, that, like to me, that's one of his biggest mistakes, man. They're so good together. Like, you can attest to it, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I will. I'm not, I'm not, not, not arguing that one. Like. Look, I love I love making my jokes and all that and fucking poking fun at you to get you heated up. But like when it comes down to it, yeah, they're yeah. They make each other so much better too. Like just to for Marner to have somebody to pass to because that's what he did. he's a, he's so good at setting guys up. So for him to have Matthews, the best goal scorer in the league behind Tyler. <laughs> 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 Anyway, back to reality. Uh, and then for Matthews to have the the playmaker, like to just to, to set him up in all the right spots, it, they make each other so much better. Like 
to me, they could, they're in the, like, obviously, Connor McDavid's a better playmaker than fucking Mitch Marner, but Mitch Marner. Low-key a better goal scorer than Austin Matthews. (laughs) Not even, no. The way I look at it is Austin Matthews could not do what Connor McDavid does. The whole yeah, but I don't think Connor McDavid could do what Austin Matthews does. The whole like walking through seven guys and fucking ripping it top chatter, I can't see Matthews doing that. Whereas I could see McDavid. Matthews is a power guy. He is. But like a lot a lot I could see McDavid scoring more of Matthews goals and I can see Matthews scoring McDavid goals. Which is why I'll say that McDavid's low key better goal scorer. Low key. Mm. I don't know, man. Matthews I mean, is running away with the Rashad, or with the rocket right now. Let me tell you. I mean, like we're it's you're not it's not that you're comparing apples and oranges. You're you're comparing the two fucking best apples we've like seen in ten years. Like you know what I mean? Like there really is no wrong answer. It's just you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. After we beat you guys in the playoffs, I would love to have a series against the Oilers just to see. Uh, Hey, the way the way we're looking is we might not be playing you in the first round. We might be seeing you in the second round, bud. Yeah, you think so, eh? Right, we're two points back of the Jets for third. Yeah. Like, it's, well, it is very reasonable that we end up in the third spot. And we're now eight points off uh, Calgary, which is lovely. Yeah, I don't think Calgary. I I think the top four is pretty solidified now. Well, it's it's funny after the Wednesday night game, the Habs losing to the Leafs, I was oh not in a great spot, and I was like, you know what, fuck it, I don't even want the Habs to make the playoffs anymore. Fucking if we just, if we just don't make the playoffs, it's four less games in misery because we're just gonna get fucking destroyed in the playoffs. And we win two games, and all of a sudden it's like, let's fucking take third. We'll fucking get rid of the uh, Oilers in the first round. We'll play you in the in the division final. <laughs> It's amazing amazing what two games will do, Dave. Yeah, and you want to talk about us going on extreme highs and extreme lows. (laughs) Let's just leave it out. We're a couple passionate fan bases. How about that? Also, the Habs goal differential right now is straight up zero. That's the Habs goal differential right now? Yeah, we have scored 145 and given up 145. (laughs) Do you happen to have the Leafs in front of you? Uh, Yeah, the Leafs are plus 39. Yeah, we are. Uh, 172 goals for, 133 against. Yeah, we are. That's just, that's just like that's super impressive for like nearly done the year to be straight up zero. Like that's. <laughs> I don't know if that's impressive as just ironic. No, not not uh, a, not impressive as it's a good thing, but impressive that like you've played almost an entire season and your goal differential is zero. Yeah, I want to do. I want to set you up for something though. All right. I want you to give me the rundown on Nick Suzuki because I know he's been playing like an absolute gem lately. Oh, Nick Suzuki has fucking cranked it to eleven the past like five six games. So that the power the power play goal he has scored in the past like five games that shot from the fucking circle is fucking ridiculous now. Like it is getting ridiculous. So it's a rocket. That shot is so good. Yeah. Like. That's the only goal you scored against us, correct? Uh, yes. But yeah, actually, it's, well, the the one I'm thinking of that he's scored, like, every fucking game 
as we get on the power play, he ends up in the circle, and he kind of cuts to the center a little bit, and then just fucking rips it. But yeah. uh, the goal against you guys was on the rush there. Your defenseman just kept backing off. He just gave him as much space as he wanted, <laughs> and he just fucking ripped it top chatter. Yeah, I don't know what Hole was doing on that one, to tell you the truth. <laughs> yeah. It was like, okay, nobody's going to... And Nylander on the back check, too, was like, okay, nobody, just nobody's going to close him out. Like, nobody. <laughs> Why would we? Like, <laughs> Yeah, so, of course, he's just going to walk in and fucking rip it. Um, but I, I want to talk about his assist for Toffoli's goal last night <clears throat> uh, to tie the game up. So, first of all, he gets a goal disallowed, the tying goal disallowed, for goalie interference, which... I don't want to rant too much about it, but the Habs had a goal against them called good. Basically the exact same play, where the guy, the player is out of the crease, and the goalie's out of the crease, but their, like, glove and blocker are, like, out of the crease, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the player skates through and bumps the glove and blocker, and it throws them off, but technically it's outside the crease, so it counted when the Habs got scored on, but they disallowed it when the Habs scored it. So I don't want to bitch too much about it, because we also did end up winning. It was kind of fucking bullshit about that. And that was when he fucking ripped one. But then on that same power play, he fucking gets the puck down low. And I don't know if you've seen, like, the, the slow-mos of this fucking replay. But Artem Zub goes, like, block the passing lane. And Suzuki gets fucking perfect sauce over Zub's stick, lands flat onto Foley's stick for the one-timer. Like, just fucking, just an elite, elite play. So, yeah. so, so good. Like this kid so is. Correct me if I'm wrong. He did not score last night, right? Uh, he didn't score. He got the assist though. I know. Want to know how I friggin' know? I picked him for friggin' my Tim's picks, <laughs> and he didn't friggin' score because I knew he was on fire. Yeah. So I was like, well, yeah, yeah, I'm picking. You can, fuck I'm picking, it, you can fucking. You can blame a shit, uh, shit fucking uh, assistant referee or the video referee there. Yeah. So it wasn't fucking right. interference by their rules. But anyways, yeah, he's fucking, he has stepped it up the last few games. And it's it's a joy to watch. He's fucking, he's so good, and he's so young. And to have a guy like that who in the future is going to be feeding Cole Caulfield, oh, that gets me going. Yeah, that's some, uh, that's some Montreal Canadiens porn for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of hockey porn, did you see that Jakob Vrana goal last night? Or yesterday, I guess. Wow. Uh, How stupid do the Washington Capitals look right now? Guy has six goals and an apple. Uh, He's a plus four overall in eight games played. He's got seven points. Yeah. um, Correct me if I'm wrong. Anthony Mantha's also been lighting it up. That's what I know. I think he scored... He's scored a handful. Mantha, yeah, he's got six points at nine games, too, for the Capitals. He's got four goals, but he's a minus two. Braun has been the better player since the trade. But, 100%, but I, I, I wouldn't say, if we're going to compare the players, I don't think it's as, I think that's a good hockey trade. When you look at the entire package, yeah, the, the Capitals still are. I job. just, I don't, I don't see it. No. Still. No. I don't see it. Uh, if we're just going to keep on the trade, uh, trades quickly, and I, this is going to sound a little, like, odd, because he hasn't done much, but John Merrill's been a fucking stud for the Habs since we picked him up. Yeah, you like him? Like, 
just as a sixth pairing guy, just defensive defenseman, he's been fucking great. Like Loving he's it. done, he, he's done nothing, like super good or super bad. He's just been, just solid defensive guy. And I'm like, that's perfect. That's just that's like Zach Bogosian for us when he's on. Yeah, when when you, when you pick up a guy like that for what I think we got like a trade a fourth round pick for him, like sure, perfect. He's I think been, it was he, a third, no? Might have been a third. I, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, when, Nonetheless. Yeah, nonetheless. It doesn't matter. Like, when you pay that price for him and he comes in and just does the job, just fucking solid shutdown defenseman, love that. He's been great. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, you love guys that just come into the lineup and make a difference. Speaking of guys that come into the lineup and make a difference, Nick Felino, obviously, he's playing with the big boys, but four, four assists, four games, got a point. Every game he's been a leaf. Yep. So. Uh, Pour one out for the poor goalie in Columbus who can't celebrate with him anymore. You see that? No. Uh, so, I guess, I don't know which goalie it is in Columbus. He would celebrate his wins by jumping into Felino and, like, giving him a big hug. And uh, his first dub after Felino is gone, he, you could see him skating off the ice. He kind of, like, looked around like there was nobody to fucking jump with. So he just jumped and hugged the air quickly. Got to pour one out for him. <laughs> no kidding. Um, yeah, man, he's been, uh, he's been great. And the other, another addition that, uh, got it, got into the mix the other day was Hutton on D and yeah, he got into just because, uh, we, once we clinched, we, the next game we played back to backs, eh? So once we clinched okay. against you guys, we played, uh, Vancouver the next night and we rested Campbell, uh, Morgan Riley, Nick Felino, and Jake Mazen. So Ben Hutton got in, Sandine got moved. Pardon? Load management. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, well, they were... Pro- Honestly, it's been a long season, and those guys take a lot of flack. Like, Morgan Riley takes a lot of flack. Jake Muzzin definitely takes a lot of flack. So, it's, you know, they're probably just nursing little things. Jake Muzzin's a tough motherfucker, man. I... Oh, oh my God. No, uh, I, like, I, for, like, the fifth time this episode, I remember back when he was a hound. Motherfucker, he was a machine. Like, just so strong and just hits. Like, I felt so, like, he stapled Jimmy VC to the boards last night. And I was like, bro, like, he was your teammate, like, a month or two months ago. Like, no remorse. Like, no just remorse. My, yeah, that was a fucking solid hit. Stapled him into the boards. And VC gets up and you could see him look and go, Muzz, what the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it's been... Uh, the additions have looked all right. Riddick, he sucked shit the, against Vancouver the first couple games that he played against them, but this week when he played them, he actually looked all right. So, I think it was uh, just maybe getting used to his uh, his new teammates. Yeah, and for Christ's sake, somebody get this guy some blue pads. Like, what the <laughs> hell, man? Like, what are we doing? We're the Toronto Maple Leafs. We're the most expensive franchise in hockey, aren't we? Like, what's going on? <laughs> Get the guy some blue pads. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Uh, I'm sure something I should talk about, uh, because it was heavy in the media this week, was Wayne Simmons filling in uh, Edler's face. And I'm sure, actually, we can have a good talk about this and talk about code. And I was, I was just about to bring up Kevin Bieksa, because he, he nailed it. I know he got a lot of flack for this uh, from a lot of people. But motherfucker lived it. He enforced that code for his entire career. 
if anyone in the hockey world is, should be talking about that right now, it's him. Actually, and, and Stewart. I, if Stewart wants to talk about it, I give him that too. Same, same boat, same boat. But Bietza fucking nailed it. When you take out a star player, you don't get a fight in your league. You you have to fight a, a weight class up. You have to. You just that's the well, way. This is the other thing that Bieksa said, and I totally agree with this because people in Vancouver, what they said is Edler was suspended, Edler was penalized, and kicked out of the game. Why does why does he need to fight? He's never fought before in his life. Why does he need to fight? And here's the reason why he needs to fight. Because if he doesn't fight. Remember, Zach Hyman, he's hurt. Yeah. Like, he's not playing right now. The Leafs know that. If Edler doesn't get his face filled in, and it, first, actually, more specifically, if he declines that fight to Wayne Simmons, if Wayne Simmons is ch- challenges him to a fight and Edler says, no, I'm not fighting you, well, then guess what? Bo Horvat, Brock Besser, yep. Quinn Hughes, you better watch your fucking back. Yep. Well, man, I'm, I'm going to throw it back to the, one of the first games of the season when Tyler Myers ran Yoel Armia. Uh, gave him that concussion and Joel Edmondson stepped up and on his first shift fucking beat the fuck out of him right in front of the, the uh, Canucks bench like that, yeah you ha- you have to take that fight you have to take that fight away class up you don't get a fair fight it doesn't matter who challenges you it, if it was Pierre Engvall that challenges him he's got to take the fight if it's Wayne Simmons who challenges him he's got to take the fight if it's Joe Thornton you got to take the fight it's just yeah. the way it is if you like, don't like you're that not, shit's gonna hit the fan. Yeah, you're not allowed to say no to that fight. So and, hey, and, I, and I once will... once Simmons pounded his face in, he was like, okay, enough's enough. And guess what? The the rest of the game was totally clean, no chippiness, yeah. no garbage. That, and that and that's the whole thing is that that's how that works. Is if you get challenged that fight, you accept that fight. Now it's done. It's done. We can play now. And that's everything's why, good. Everything's good. I'm pretty sure that was probably what first. First couple shifts for Adler, that fight happened? Yeah, no, it was Simmons, yeah. and I think Simmons was talking, told him before the game even, like in warm-ups, you're getting, you're, we're going. And, yeah, Edler would, like, you know, it was like, okay, let's go. And, yeah, that's how it's got to be. Because <laughs> I know the Edmondson-Myers thing, he said it in warm-up, and Edmondson's first shift fucking didn't, didn't even line up for the face-off, just stood there. The ref dropped the puck, gloves went off, and they went. And the yeah. rest of the game was fine. And that's the way it, that's the way the game is played. Is I will say this though. This is where I do agree with, because I I have heard this. It, why the hell was Simmons not assessed an instigator penalty is beyond yeah. me. Like yeah, he's got to get a yeah like yeah. Yeah, but I, I get but that's uh, I don't want to say that's not part of the code, but the the code doesn't cover that. The code covers. You you no you, the you, rule book covers that. No, no, yeah, no, but the, the code in terms of, like, no, nobody did anything wrong in terms of the code. The code worked its no. justice fine. No, the code was that's, fine. That's, that's the refs not following the rule book. That yeah. was a definition instigator penalty. I will admit to that. 100%. 100%. No question. Yeah. But especially, like, come on, ref. The guy's got zero career fights and this guy's got 70 fucking seven. Yeah. Come on, ref. Like, and that's one of those things where it's like, it's like, no, no, the, no, the game you're refing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, reason. like, and that's, and that's a very good, like the, the refs should, like, they are not part of the code. No, no, no. That's refs, a player code. No. Yeah. The refs can't, the refs can't get involved in the code. That's almost the point of the code. Is exactly. it, doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what the refs do, whether Edler gets kicked out of that game uh, for the hit or not, 
whether he gets two or a five or whether he gets suspended afterwards doesn't matter. Zach Hyman's still hurt. And yeah. that's why the code exists. No, yeah, it literally does not matter what happens. If 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 Eckler got fucking fifteen games for that, it doesn't matter. On game sixteen, when he comes back into the lineup, he still has to fight a leaf. Like that's yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing too is this isn't going to like even if like this isn't going to evolve into anything further. It's not like we play them again this season. It's not like we're going to play them a lot next season. Like it's not, it's not like we're playing them in the playoffs in a playoff series. Obviously, like so. I don't know. I I think it's done. I think it was dealt with perfectly on all yeah. i don't understand why like canucks have canucks fans have a panty their panties in a bunch like piss off guys come on now grow up i mean first of all you've they've got bigger issues to worry about than fucking edler getting his face beaten in your fucking gm's a disaster your, your team's a disaster like you have bigger worries right now yeah yeah, yeah, you have no salary cap space. You have to sign Pedersen and Hughes, who are going to demand large tickets, I'm sure. So have fun with that, my guy. You're paying Louis Erickson, you fucking, you're paying Tanner Pearson like three and a half million. Like, you've got bigger fish to fry. Like, yeah, relax. much bigger fish to fry. So anyway, that's, that's enough on that. Because, like, and you're right, Kevin Bieksa really hit it on the head all week when he was talking yeah. about it. He, he talked about it perfectly. Yeah, he he is the best guy, and especially because he's he's been in that exact locker room. He's been in, he knows that Canucks team. Like, well, when he was talking about it on Tim and Friends, they were literally showing clips of him doing the exact, like literally clips yeah. of him running guys and then immediately fighting guys after. Yeah, <laughs> like like taking part in the code that he is talking about on television right now. And that's the thing, like, if you're gonna have a guy talk about it, that's the guy who talks about it. 100%. Like, no offense, I don't want to hear Ron McLean talk about the code. I, I don't want to hear David Amber talk about the code. I don't want to hear, and frankly, I don't want to hear Cassie Campbell talk about the code. Because that code is entirely different than in, from women's to men. Like, it's just, I don't want to hear... This the is, well, not even women's to men's. The National Hockey League. Like... Oh, yeah, no, I'm saying, cause just in women's league, like, fight, in the women's leagues, like, fighting is, like, yeah, that's, like, a fucking 20 game suspension if they fucking drop the gloves and fight, like, you know what I well, mean? they also wear cages, so fighting would just be stupid. Yeah, also, and that's what I mean, so the co- like, the, yes, they have a code, it's entirely different, it's not even the same, it's, it's, yeah. So, yeah. So, like, I don't want to hear anyone but Kevin Bieksa or fucking, uh, Stuart Stu. Yeah, yeah. I, I would I would accept Stu talking about it. Yeah, Stu's uh, been in a couple fights in his day, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. Um. So uh, another thing I want to give some shout out to uh, a man who will be fondly remembered for Sidney Crosby scoring the goal on a golden goal on him in 2010. <laughs> uh, congratulations to Ryan Miller on a fantastic career. Let's be real. Yeah, fantastic career. Uh, announced his retirement earlier this week. What? The winningest American goalie in NHL history. I believe so. Yeah. Winningest. Oh, I believe so. It is. It is fact. And he picked up yeah. another one last night. His last game in Anaheim. I think they they finished the season on the road. So. Yeah. Great career for him. Um, fantastic career. Uh, two Olympic teams. One silver medal. Yeah. 
we obviously remember him as like for me growing up like in the to about 2008 to 2011 he was like in the conversation for best goalie in the world like oh man i hated playing the buffalo sabers because he just turned it on so unreal i totally remember that man like he was disgusting and he correct me if i'm wrong he wasn't like he wasn't drafted high or anything i think he was a Either a late round or even undrafted, maybe? Yeah, I, I don't know, for being honest. Ryan here. Miller, yeah. He, so he was round 5, 138th overall in 99. Jesus. He is 40 years old. I did not realize he was drafted that early. I he thought he was like... first a- National Hockey League season in 2006-2007. His best year... Yeah, so I thought he was like an 0304 draft pick. Holy fuck. Yeah, I honestly thought so too. I, but no, I knew he was 40 years old. I remember them saying that last night. I did not pay that much attention last night. Wow. But, but he in 09 10, excuse me, had a 222 uh, goals against average and a 929 save percentage. So that's about the time that it was. That was peak Ryan Miller right there. Oh, yeah. He was fucking stupid good. Yeah, he was disgusting at that. I, I remember, man. And, yeah, he backstopped that American Olympic team to uh, the gold medal game against Canada. Yep. Yeah, he his NHL totals over 795 games played, 2.64 GAA, and a 914 save percentage. That's Those are good numbers. Like. <laughs> That, that's like that's Hall of Fame numbers. I'd give him that. I would. I, you would think that just based on uh, his contributions to like the American the yeah. the American game, you would think oh, yeah. he's got Hall of Fame merit, right? Oh yeah. I like I. He's one of those guys where if you said like Hall of Famer, like yeah, not not even a question. No Stanley Cups though. No cups though, but I mean like. So that's the thing. It's the Hockey Hall of Fame, not the NHL Hall of Fame. So you got to look at the entire body of work, international play. And that's why I mentioned that. Yeah, I think he's uh, for sure in. And I'm going to bring up another guy who announced his uh, retirement this week, uh, former Hav, Andrew Shaw. Not exactly the same circumstances. He's retiring due to uh, some medical problems, concussions. But uh, one of my favorite Habs when he played for us, he was just... He's a fucking shit disturber. I loved him. But he could yeah, score. The Mutt. That's what he calls himself. Yeah. The Mutt. Yeah. He was fucking... He's one of those guys that, like... This is going to sound weird, but he he played the way Habs fans would want to play. You know what I mean? Just fucking yeah. hit everything that moved. Yeah, just fucking leave 110% on the ice every night. Just fucking... Mm-hmm. Not the most skilled guy, but, like, you knew when he was on the ice, you were getting 120% from him. Yeah, and well, and I think that's kind of what they want in Chicago, too. Like, that's what they oh. demand out of their players in Chicago as well. Oh, yeah, and so, like, I mean, the two markets he played in, you couldn't have fucking asked for any better. Yeah, and by all accounts, fantastic guy. Oh, so, yeah. Like, congratulations I, I, on a fantastic career, man. Yeah, I've, I've not heard a fucking a bad thing about him this week since he announced it. It's just been teammates just heaping praise on him. Yeah, exactly, all of them, too. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, for both. So, 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 yeah. Again, another round of applause for both of them. Great careers. Yeah. Did you watch that uh, little video that he made? 
Andrew uh, Shaw? Andrew Shaw? Yeah, love him. Yeah, love fantastic. Him. Fantastically put together, too. Whoever put that together, great job, man. <laughs> Honestly. Um, so, yeah, two fantastic careers, like you said. I'm going to give him another round of applause. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, we are getting close to playoff time, and uh, by golly, I'm excited. Yeah, we've only got six games left, eh? Oh, my God. Let's lay them out. I mean, so we start this, I mean, this week, Abe. This week is Habs Leafs week. I know. Want to know what sucks? I'm going to be, I work so much this week. (laughs) But I don't work tomorrow. Yeah. So tomorrow, 7 o'clock in Montreal. This is way too exciting, man. Yeah. You're telling me we got three Leafs have games to talk about next Sunday? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, fuck off. I thought we were done with the Senators. Damn it. Oh, me too. No, we got them on Wednesday the 12th. Oh, I thought we were done with them. Yeah, we've got them on Wednesday. Them pesky sends. Yeah. Well, at least it's mathematically confirmed. You will not be seeing them anywhere past the regular season. Yeah, that's that's a good thing. But anyways, so we play them on Wednesday, and then Thursday and Saturday in Toronto against the Leafs. Wow. That's what dreams are made of. Like, you know, like, when they do the NHL schedule, sometimes they just want to, like, shake the guy's hand and just be like, thank you for this, because, like, we always open the season with the Leafs and close the season with the Leafs, and it's just the best. Like, there's no other way I'd want it. Unfortunately, I wish I wish same, but due to the rescheduling uh, because of Vancouver, oh, we play we, the Sens and the Jets after. We play the Oilers twice after, but I when they planned it out originally, you know what I mean? Yeah, we'll give like, them credit. Like, like th- this was the plan, was three of our last four games were going to be against the fucking Leafs. Like, that's lit. That's so good. Yeah. Like, like, well, fuck COVID. Like, I don't want to play the Bruins on opening night. I don't want to play the Senators on opening night. I don't want to play the fucking Rangers on opening night. I want the Leafs on opening night every night for the fucking rest of my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's nothing better than opening night against the Leafs. There really oh, is. Oh, man, can you imagine if we friggin' get a Leafs-Habs playoff series? It's going to be friendship ruining. Straight hey. up. It really is. And, like, especially as a divisional final. Like, that's going to be, like... If that happens, man. Let's see how this works out. Let's see how this all shakes out. It's going to be really interesting, dude. Yeah, because, like, I think you know, we we can realistically catch the Jets and pass them. Like, assuming that they lose a couple games, we can get them. Yeah, but, like, I hate to break it to you. You play us for three games in a row, and we're not exactly an easy two points. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but I'm. Let's, let's just see who Winnipeg plays. <laughs> they play that, that, that changes things. Um, the Jets play. They've got Ottawa, two Vancouver's, and a Toronto. They play us last. Yeah, they play, so there's two Sens, the Flames, the Canucks, and then you guys on the last day of the year. 
Well, I'm glad that they finish against us because we will absolutely discourage the shit out of those guys going into the playoffs. <laughs> well, yeah, you could you could be fucking playing them in a the playoff series right after that too. Well, and it was actually Sid Sixero tweeted this morning. I wish, uh, I, like, it would I would feel robbed if we didn't get a Matthews McDavid playoff series. You're not fuck you, Sid. That's what you get for leaving to and said is you don't get that. Yeah. You, you, you get the fucking Leafs-Jets in the first round and Leafs-Habs in the second. That's what you get. Mm-hmm. Are we going to do a playoff prediction? Uh, what, when are we going to... When, when when everything's solidified, I guess. Yeah, so I think it won't be... It would have been next weekend. But with the additional games because of COVID breaks. It looks like it'll be the 16th. Okay. We'll be doing that. Because we'll do uh, playoff preview and uh, end of season like awards and things like that. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Well, just to close out here, I just want to talk about what I said earlier, and this is one of the best times I can ever remember to be a Leafs fan. Like they're just so good, and they're just buzzing. Like they're just buzzing right now. You know what I mean? They're just firing on all cylinders. Like. All four lines going all night. The defense looks stellar. Our fucking young gun defenseman, Sandine, just cannot praise them enough. Like, oh, what a what a team. I'm so excited to see what these guys can do, man. I'm so excited to see what these guys can do. It's uh it's looking it's looking bright in the six. I mean what? It's looking just as bright in Montreal. That fucking Cole Caulfield goal is that's uh could be a season-defining moment for us. It really could be. We'll see what happens there. If I don't know if I can say it looks just as bright in Montreal, but it looks oh, bright in Montreal. Oh, I, think, I think it's just as bright. Uh, it's as a bright. little darker. It's think, a little darker. I think it's just as bright. Uh, I mean, you know, Caulfield, Suzuki, Kanyami, Romanov, like... That's, that's just as bright. Just as bright. Okay, Gatano. <laughs> All right. Well, if there any, is there anything else you want to get off your chest? Um, uh, no. I'm pretty sure we covered everything that was yeah. Yeah. Cole right. Caulfield, best young player in the league. Give him the Calder. Um, yeah. Give him the Calder. <laughs> guys played four games. <laughs> <laughs> Poor kid, just getting absolutely all of the weight of Montreal Canadiens' hopes and dreams getting dumped on his shoulders. Like, I literally spent, like, four full games, not including that overtime, being, like, very reasonable with my expectations. And the moment he scored that overtime winner, all of the expectations are on him now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's just how those kinds of things work. Yeah, imagine when I'm sitting there, I'm like, let's see what this Austin Matthews kid can do in his first game. Guy scores four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, fucking. <laughs> yeah, it's a good, oh. it's, it's, it's a good time, man. It's a good time. It's a good time for the Bitter Rivals podcast yeah. and for its fans, which we will see next week. Thanks for listening. We absolutely will. Thank you for listening. Yeah, peace.